The morale today, we're going to start the next Mishnah. The Mishnah of Nitaharabeli. Nitaharabeli, as we know, was the Zug, the partner for once of Yeshua ben Prachia. And as the morale told us many times, the idea of the Zugas, where they, what the advice they each gave us, was meant to be taken as two parts of a whole. And therefore, whereas Yeshua ben Prachia focuses on one side of the equation of the coin, Nitar Abeli focuses on the second. And we saw the Maral explain to us that all the Zugas were the students of, and the students of the students of Antigonus Yusei and therefore they all came to elaborate on his original rule, which is that Avodah Hashem has to be separated into what's done as an expression of Avodah Hashem, and what's done as the expression of Yerushimai. And in all different areas of a person's life, each of the Zugas took a different one to focus on, how that could be an expression of Avo, or how that could be an expression of Yira. So when you saw Yeshev and Prach, you spoke about the interaction of persons with other people, be it someone you can choose to learn from, befriend, or just interact as an, another individual. And he spoke about the positive side, which is how viewing Hashem's Bria, Hashem's creation as being something good, and therefore seeing Hashem's creations as people who are good, who are inherently good, is the side of Ava. Nita Arbeli is going to look at the second side, which means to look at the side of Yira, how it applies to interacting with other people. And with that introduction, let's read the Mishnah. Nita Arbeli says, Harchek Mishachin Ra, distance yourself from a bad neighbor. Vaaltis Chaber Lerosha, don't befriend the Rosha. Vaaltis Yash Minaparonis. Don't give up the knowledge. Yush means a person forgets about something, takes it out of his mind. And therefore, don't distract yourself. Do science of the fact that there's paralysis, the fact that there's punishment. So, the morale prefaces what he says. What we said before. Nita comes to talk about how persons meant to interact with other people beyond. His family beyond those in his house, Kamayashab and Prachya. Rakinita Arbeli took an Abrias from Musa Shayyir Shemai. This is the point we made before. And now coming to explain the Mishnah. There's different categories. The first category in the Mishnah is talking about a Shahin. The second is talking about a friend. And there could be a bad neighbor, there could be a bad friend. And Nita Arbeli's advice is to distance oneself from both of them. And then the last part of the Mishnah, Altisyashmina Puranas. Don't forget about the fact that there's punishments. The way Rashi explains the Mishnah is that why would a person be drawn to a bad neighbor or a bad friend? What would be the temptation to have to do with Rishayim? And the answer is because the person thinks it's beneficial for them. Maybe the Rosh is very wealthy, maybe he's very successful, maybe he's politically well-connected, and therefore a person sees there's some gain for him in being connected to a Russia. And on that we warn the person exactly the opposite. At the end of the day the Russia is going to get punished. And those who are in close proximity to the Russia are going to get punished too. They're going to get taken down with him. And therefore, as much as a person can see short term benefit in befriending a Russia, know that the result is that Hashem punishes Rishraim and we made that those who are connected to the Russia suffer as well. Uh, I'll quote already now a pasuk which the Maral is going to quote later on in his own parish and it's talking about 
a friendship between Yehoshaphat, the king of Yehuda, and Ahab, the king of Israel. As we know, following the death of Shlomo Melech, the Jewish people split into two kingdoms, the kingdom of Israel and the kingdom of Yehuda. Generally, there was a state of animosity between the two rival kingships. Generally, the kings of Yehuda were tzaddikim. There were some exceptions, but on the whole. And the kings of Israel were always Rishon. And how much interaction did they have with each other? Normally, there was a, a sign of a cold war between the two. But there was one time when there was a connection, a closeness, maybe even a relationship between the king of Yehuda and the king of Israel. That was between Yehoshaphat, who was a tzaddik, and Ahab was a Russian. And one of the things they tried to do together was a joint financial venture they sent ships to Tarshish to bring back gold. And what happened is the ship sank at sea, which was obviously a tremendous setback, a tremendous financial loss as well. And why did that happen? So the Nabi tells Yeshua that because you connected to a Russia, you, made it, you also weren't successful in what you wanted to do. In other words, when the Russia gets punished, so then those who are in proximity to the Russia get punished as well. And therefore, the Rav explains the Mishnah, is whatever benefit a person thinks they would have in connecting to Rishayim is going to get offset by the punishment the Russia will get and the Tariq the, the will suffer vicariously as well. Let's see how the Maral explains the Mishnah. He just adds another point to Rashi. And he says, firstly the question which we began with, what's the connection of the last land not to forget his punishment to the first two? And he asks, What's the connection between the two parts of the Mishnah? The first part, which is Harachek Mishachinra, Valt Ischaber de Rasha, to distance oneself from a bad neighbor or a bad friend, Valt Ischaber Peronus, not to forget this punishment. And the Moral explains, Aval Nitai Harabeli, Baratakin Hanhokas Odom Imabrius. Shemchut Lebais, like we said before, is coming to explain, explain to us how to relate to people person comes into contact with. A bad neighbor is someone to distance oneself from. Otherwise, the person is going to get punished along with him. He brings the mission in the Goyim. The mission in the Goyim is talking about a person who has done a virus and as a result of that, his house has been struck with Tsaras. And the den is when his house has saras, the house has to be torn down and all the stones have to be buried. Now, if it's a freestanding house, so we understand that the Russia deserves to lose his home for what he's done wrong. But what happens if he has a neighbor? There's a shared wall. And if that's the case, when one takes down the house, the neighbor's going to lose his wall too. So why does he deserve that his house is ruined because he's a neighbor of somebody who got saras in their house? And there the Gemara, the Mishnah, coins a famous expression, It's true, but when the Russia gets punished, so it's woe to his friend as well, his neighbor. And therefore, it's not worth being the neighbor of a Russia because a person suffers for it as well. And the Fikach here, Machik Atzim Shachan, a person should distance himself from a bad neighbor, and the Russia is the Russia. A person should connect to Russia, and the Russia is the possible word before, Yeshavit was told when you connected to a Russia, so then your your venture was, uh, failed as well. So what's the difference between the two languages? When it comes to a Shachin, 
a neighbor. So the language used is distance yourself from a bad neighbor. When it comes to a friend, this is don't befriend the Russia. Moral explains this is a simple shot also. Don't come close to a bad neighbor or befriend the Russia. Or distance yourself from both of them. And the reason is, it's not the same thing with both of them. The difference between a neighbor and a friend is that by a neighbor, the neighbor could come to after he was left. The neighbor could move in next to him and become his neighbor once he had already been in the home. And that's the case that Vas is, pick up and move somewhere else. Distance yourself from a bad neighbor. Whereas when it comes to a friend, the advice isn't distance from a bad friend because you weren't compelled to take him as a friend in the first place. Let's elaborate to explain a little bit. There's a mission later on in Pirkavos. And the mission says that the mission says that Rabbi Yechim told his students Go and find out what's the best thing in the world which is going to bring a person to be a tzaddik. What's the most powerful factor in a person's life which is going to influence him to be a tzaddik? And the converse as well. What's the most negative in a person's life which is going to cause them to be a Russian? And Yechim and Zakes Haratomir went out to explore the world and came back with their conclusions. One of the Tamirim says the best thing that a person can have is a good neighbor. The worst thing that a person can have is a bad neighbor. And the second one says, the best thing that a person can have is a good friend. The worst thing a person can have is a bad friend. What's the difference between the relationship of a neighbor and the relationship of a friend? And the answer is that, and let's talk about a neighbor first. The relationship of a neighbor is whether one wants it or not. By virtue of the fact that one's living next to somebody else, so there's a certain contact, there's a certain interaction, which is constant, is subliminal, and isn't something a person can avoid. For example, if my neighbor's playing loud music, I'm going to hear it. It's not a question of if I wanted to, I didn't want to, or at what times I want to, I can't avoid it. If my neighbor's cooking using very strong spices, I'm going to smell what they're cooking. I can't avoid it. The, the the idea of a neighbor is somebody who invariably I'm going to be exposed to what they're exposed to. I'm going to be involved in what they're doing because of their close proximity. Whether I choose to, whether I would like that or wouldn't like that, I have no choice. And therefore, it's not just a question of strong spices or loud music, but if my neighbor is doing something wrong, let's say, and it's brought in halacha, if a person finds himself that the home next door to him is taken by a church, and therefore he's smelling the incense that they're offering there, or he's hearing the gospel choir, whatever they happen to be singing, so he might not want to, but he doesn't have a choice. And if that's the case, is that something he might have to move, not to be exposed to, or not to get had off from another desire. And similarly, if my neighbor is doing things wrong, and I'm aware of it, I'm, I can hear it, I'm, uh, I, I can't avoid it because it's in such close proximity, so then it's going to have a negative spiritual influence on me. Just like a good neighbor. Without my actively trying to do anything, 
But what I hear from, kind of after, from my neighbor's window all day is the sounds of learning Torah. It's going to have an effect on me. And uh, therefore, the danger of a bad neighbor is such that even if a person was there first and he's not doing it actively to connect to his neighbor, well, the Tana tells us a bad neighbor is something you can't avoid the influence of. And therefore, the advice is harchek. You have to distance yourself. You have to actively avoid uh, or move so that your neighbor shouldn't be a bad neighbor. And if I don't, I remain where I am, even though I know that my neighbor is a negative spiritual influence on me, then in a way I deserve to be punished along with him. When my neighbor's house is going to get harassed, my walls are going to get torn down. And it's a punishment to me also. You chose to live in Christ's proximity to Tarasha, so you'll, you'll suffer the consequences of that. That's the first part of the mission. Now, sometimes it's unavoidable. Sometimes a neighbor is an influence which is avoidable, but because of the, the, the close neighbors, it's much harder to withstand that negative influence. An example of that is brought in the Torah. Torah brings that Korach, when he went to mount his campaign against Moshe Rabbein and was looking for supporters, he went to Bnei Ruvay. And Bnei Ruvain flocked to Korach's court. And the Gemara asked, why were Bnei Ruvain, out of all the Shvatim, the ones who were most taken in by Korach? And the, the Gemara answers, they were neighbors. They both were on the south side of the Mishkan. And therefore, because of their close proximity to each other, they were more influenced by Korach. Now, that wasn't optional, obviously. Hashem told everybody where they were going to camp in the desert. But there it also wasn't unavoidable. But here we see a second point. And that is, the, besides for the unavoidable influence of a neighbor, there's also a second point, which is the contact with a neighbor is someone that gives them the opportunity to try and influence a person more. And that brings us to the second category, the category of a friend. The category of a friend is somebody who has an influence over somebody. And therefore, if a friend is doing something wrong, then either they're going to actively try and influence me to join them in what they're doing wrong, and because they're a friend, it's hard to say no, and because we're in common, often in contact, it gives them many opportunities to try, or because if a person is aware of someone doing something wrong and he sees it again and again, so then sin loses its evil by that person. He doesn't see it as being so bad anymore. He's become desensitized to it. He's become accustomed to it. And that itself is something which is a loss in the person. And therefore, having a friend who does the wrong thing is firstly dangerous because they're going to try and influence me to join them. And it's hard to say no to a friend. But besides for that, even if I don't actually give in and do the wrong thing, the fact that I'm always seeing the wrong thing being done means I'm going to lose my sensitivity to it. I'm going to lose my repulsion for something which is bad. And therefore, when choosing friends, don't choose a friend. Don't choose a friend who's considered a Russia. Choosing a friend who's considered a Russia is, is, is a, a recipe for me, to be, for me to lose my level too. Now, people always ask the question, I'm going to detour for a second into a different idea. We offer the morale just to talk about a halakhic point. People often ask the question, does that mean I'm not meant to try and influence somebody positively? I'm not meant to try and raise them up? Someone is less than me is considered uh, beyond the bar and therefore I can't do anything to do with them. 
Maybe I'll have a positive influence on them too. So what's the answer? And the answer is, I'm paraphrasing something which is brought down by Ramosha Feinstein. And that is, there's a difference between a person who might be doing wrong, but is willing to change. And therefore, if I'll, I'll be able to exert a positive influence on him, so then maybe he'll be willing to change to do good. To a second person, who on principle holds that he wants to do what he's doing. The person on principle holds what he's doing is not willing to change. And if that's the case, at best it's a bari or bari. He's convinced he's not going to change. Even if I'm convinced, I'm also not going to change. I'm not going to go down to his level. But it's a 50-50 chance who's going to influence him. And therefore, that's the Russia I should avoid. The person who wants to be a Russia. The person who holds Bashita on principle of what he's doing and doesn't want to change. Whereas the person who is interested in changing, so then the dynamic of the relationship is, I want to remain the way I am, he wants to change. So then it's more likely I'll influence him and that I'll be influenced by him. What Ramosha was talking about was making some kind of intercommunal dialogue or fronts, including members of the reform or conservative movements. And Ramosha held it was also. To deal with Jews who aren't as committed, and maybe influenced by us is motivated but by a person who on principle holds what they're doing is right. That's the case of a Russia who one should avoid any contact with because the, the interaction or the relationship with such a person is only going to be damaging for someone. And that's why he says, Altis Khabar the Russia. A person who's got the title of a Russia, so don't look to befriend them. The person's only going to lose from that. Now, the Morocco continues, the second part of the Mishnah, and it says, Don't forget that there's punishment. He's, himself is distant from what's bad. And a person will think that I'm not going to do anything wrong and therefore I'm not going to get punished. So the first thing the Maral says is a more simple chat, and that is, the person shouldn't think that, no, I'm a good person, and therefore I'm not going to get sucked into doing something wrong. I'm not going to land up in the situation of being around myself. I'm strong enough to withstand the temptation of the pressure, and they say you shouldn't do that. Because don't think that you're not going to get punished just by virtue of the fact that you're connected to the Russia when he gets punished. We saw in Russia. This is a continuation what I said before, distance yourself from a bad neighbor. Moral is not telling us something very deep. And that is, a person's Yetzirah is also his neighbor. It resides very close to the person within him. Because don't forget that a person's yeds are inside them too. Connecting to Ra is going to damage him. Which is 
within the person himself is the Ra. That's their closest neighbor. And by getting close to a bad neighbor, then that person is getting close to something bad inside of him. And it's closer to him than his closest neighbor, and it's more part of him than his, his dearest friend. And that's what he says in a deeper point. These three things come together. Doesn't for a bad neighbor, don't befriend the Russia. And the idea of that is, there's a deep side of Musa, which Rabbi Shol says, that we see in this Mara. And that is, even a person who right now is being a tzaddik, even a person who right now isn't doing things wrong, that person is likely to think, I don't have this yet, Zahra, or I've overcome this yet, Zahra, already. That's why I'm not doing anything wrong. And Rabbi Israel teaches us, and this is the Yisod in Musa, and that is, a person has what he called Dunkelokaychus. A person has subconscious wants, midas, drives and desires, except being as there's never been an opportunity for them to express themselves, they remain dormant. And a person is lulled into a false sense of security, thinking, I don't have this problem. That's never expressed itself by me. And says Rabbi Shul, that's not true. It's never expressed itself because it's never had the opportunity to do that. But if it would have the opportunity, then it would come to the surface very quickly. And a person would be shocked to find that he has these negative middles within himself. These bad traits which he never realized. And then he does not equip to deal with them. So for example, instead of Yisrael, Salanta's example himself, a Yeshiva Bacha, who spent his life in the base Madrash, busy learning, his meals and his and his lodging are provided by his yeshiva. And he knows nothing but the pages of the Gemara or the Shulchan Aruch that he's learning. Such a person might pride himself on the fact that I have no Taivas moment. I'm not driven by a thirst to make money. So either he'll think I've overcome that desire or he'll think I never had it. And says Rabbi Shal, neither of those are the truth. It's just he never had money. He never had a way to make money. And therefore, that taiva could never express itself. And he says, if this young bachar gets married one day, and he's given some money as a dairy, suddenly he's going to be consumed with the taiva's moment. He's going to look ways to invest money, to save money, to make money, and to change whatever it's going to be. In order to, and what happened to him? He was a serious bach who didn't know anything besides the Taf Gemara. And now his mind is totally taken up with his uh, financial ambitions and plans. And the answer is, now was the first time that that taiva for money had an opportunity to express itself. And suddenly a person finds that he didn't overcome the taiva. It just had remained dormant. And that's what it means. Remember that a person has a neighbor within him. That's the Yetzirah. And remember that the Yetzirah is there. It's present. And if at this particular time, the Yetzirah isn't affecting a person, it's because right now there isn't a position where it can affect a person. If a person is living the life of a tzaddik, and he doesn't have connection to or exposure to anything which is bad, so then 
the Yetzara doesn't drive him to do things which is not, we're unpractical right now to do. Like we said in the Musa Valley many times, that it's a situation which um, has the possibility of an Avera, which wakes up the middle, which is going to make the person want it. If right now the ability to satisfy a middle doesn't exist, the middle won't be there. The middle comes in reaction to the circumstances. And therefore people here, sitting in the chair, are necessarily right now consumed by a desire to eat because it's Pesach and there's no food around. So it's not what's on our minds. But if you'd be sitting to a table which was laid for all kinds of delicacies, then the table to eat would come. Because the opportunity to do it presents itself. And the same applies to Yisrael. None of us would ever imagine eating something not kosher. But none of us are in a situation where the non-kosher food is in front of our noses. And it looks good and it tastes, it smells good. And everybody around us is eating. And we hope to think that we're strong enough that even in that situation we'd resist the temptation. But we aren't in that situation. And therefore... Don't be so sure that you're not going to meet that temptation or be beset by that temptation if it would come up. And if a person is going to be in a circle of shame, who do it non-kosher, and as a friend they invite them to join him. So to sit at the table and watch everyone else eating and remain strong is much more difficult. And even if a person isn't going to outright eat trave right away, We'll start to justify, you know, the meat's a problem, maybe the fish is okay, maybe we can have the side dishes, or whatever other example it's going to be. Maybe we'll compromise, I'll find a place to eat which isn't on my standard, but at least they're willing to go there too. Altis Yashmina Peronis. Altis Yashmina Peronis means, don't assume that because of where I am now, is I'm strong enough to withstand temptation, which will try to drag me down. Look up, you've never had the temptation. And the way to avoid it is distance yourself from the Shachin Ra. Distance yourself from the situation which is going to wake up the Yitzhah inside of you. Whereas if a person is in a position where he's putting himself into a situation where the Yitzhah inside of him is going to wake up, where he's now confronted by that Taiva, so he can't be guaranteed how he's going to manage. And that's one of the Yisodas of Yerushimayim. They said, Nita Abedi's lesson was lesson Yerushimayim. One of the sources of Yerushalayim is look to avoid the confrontation. Look to avoid the confrontation. Because when the when one wakes up the Yetzirah, then it's hard to know who is, who's going to be stronger. When one avoids the Yetzirah and he remains dormant, then he's leaving me alone. And therefore don't think that I don't mind befriending or connecting to a Russia. I don't mind the influence of a bad neighbor because right now I'm not affected by what he's doing wrong. You're not affected because you aren't exposed to it. You're not affected because you aren't tempted by it. But when it when it becomes the present reality and it becomes a temptation, so then that wakes up the Yetzar in a person. That's the side of the Mara. The way to not to befriend the Russia inside you, which is the Yetzara, is to avoid the Russia outside. Because what the Russia outside is going to do is speak to the Russia inside and wake up the, the desire, wake up the taiva for what the Rosh is doing. The way to avoid 
the shachin ra inside a person, which is his yetzirah, is to avoid the shachin ra who is doing things which are going to excite the yetzirah. But the means don't think that by you it's something you can be on. This is something you've overcome and you never have to think about again. Because it could be that if a challenge comes back, the Yetzirah will come back too. That's the first part of Nithar He says, the year Shemaim, in relating to other people. And that is, be aware of the fact that other people can influence you, and be aware of the fact that you aren't above being influenced. 